Hello again. And welcome back to LMNOP, my favorite podcast about everyone's favorite TV show, Pokemon Snap. Now, that's not a TV show. A new Pokemon Snap is the new one. What? What's my favorite thing on the TV? Just because it's on your TV doesn't mean it's a TV show. But I like watching it. When you play it, <laughs> I also like playing it while I watch it. Uh-huh. Wh- what do you like about it? What? How much time do you have? <laughs> it's delightful. It, it's, it's wonderful. It's everything that 10-year-old Alec playing Pokemon Snap on the N64 wanted in a sequel. The, the Pokemon are diverse and mm-hmm. HD- and they're so squishy and round. Yeah, and and there's so much replayability. Each level has a night and a day mode, and each one of those has a different level, like yeah, different courses and different behavior from different Pokemon. It's it's so much fun. <laughs> I love it. One of the first things you see when you go on the little thingy to take your photos is a Pichu and a Grookey who are friends. Yeah. You can't... I mean, what more can you ask for? It's just like a slap in the face of dopamine. (laughs) Like a slap in the face, but the slap is like a jelly hand, and you like it. (laughs) It's like a a, a tickle of Pikachu's tail. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Um... Yeah, yeah, soft, furry, but also full of static shock. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, as lovely as Pokemon Snap is, it's not a TV show, and we don't have a podcast about it. What we do have a podcast about, you and I, is Elementary. On CBS? With Johnny Lee Miller and Lucy Liu Ooh. playing, I almost said, John and Joan Watson. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not correct. Not yet. Ah! CBS, answer my calls. <laughs> that would be... What if Sherlock and Joan got married and Sherlock changed his entire name? <laughs> Just, yeah, get rid of get rid of Holmes, adopt Watson, get rid of Sherlock, adopt mm-hmm. John. I feel like he would do that as, like, a, a thing to be like, why do we have to have the same name, Watson? Like, you're going to assume my entire identity? <laughs> and she's like, no, you could assume mine. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll change my name to John Watson. And she's like, do it. You won't. <laughs> uh, th- well, that hasn't happened yet. That is my spec script that CBS keeps faxing back to me. I don't know why they go to the trouble of returning my fax with my own fax. They don't want it. They don't want it. So they send it back to me through the telephone. My dad got a fax from somebody once, and they were like, oh, and can you send it back because I need the original? (laughs) He's like, check your fax machine. (laughs) 
didn't get Willy Wonka chocolate factory char- chocolate bar Mike TV'd over to oh me. Oh, my... Yeah, just... You know, the fax machine. It's a teleportation device. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway... This week on LMNOP, we are talking about Elementary Season 2, Episode 11, Internal Audit. Mmm, Internal Orgits. No. Are you trying to make it sound like organs? Yeah, I, I, I meant to say organs, I just <laughs> said, said ar- it weird. Orgits. Orgits. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's just, let's just introduce ourselves and move on from that. I'm your host, Val Flight Cub, aka the butler... Named Mr. Personal Chef. Ooh. And I'm your ghost, Alec, a.k.a. A Rude Interruption. What does that mean? That's what my parents called me. They were like, we were just living our life nice and dandy with our one kid. And then along comes this rude interruption. And then they were like, guess we'll have two more. Yeah. Also. Yeah. So. Let's dive into this episode, shall we? <laughs> yes, we shall. Your glasses just did a very cute thing where they fell uh, from your forehead onto your eyes, as you said. Let's begin. Mm-hmm. And it looked cool and purposeful, because it was. Mm-hmm. Not. Wink. <laughs> so, this episode starts with Marcus Bell, who you'll recall has a, a hand thing, because mm-hmm. he got shot. And he is... Nerve damage. Nerve damage. And he is writing at his desk with his left hand, which is the, you know, the other one. And Joan comes in and she's like, hey, look at you, Southpaw. You're doing great. And he's like, yeah, totally. I love it. I'm loving it. Yeah, I figured it's going to be like this for a while. May as well write all my reports. With my left hand. Yeah. And since it's extra bad handwriting, I'm writing in crayon as well, just to really make it look like a child wrote this. Match the mood. <laughs> yes. And uh, and Joan says, here, I made you some ready-made dinners, ready to nuke. Um, I, I'll be honest, I wrote my notes a long time ago, so I don't know why I thought it was noteworthy to write that she wrote ready to nuke. <laughs> But it's, you know, she made dinners that he can just put in the put in the microwave. Yeah. And eat them. One-handed dinners. Mhm. This is something I didn't think about. Like, yeah, it would take you it would take a while to get used to cooking with your non-dominant hand. Oh yeah. So, having dinners pre-made and not having to get delivery and stuff would be really really nice thing to do for a friend. Fun fact, top brain surgeons agree that sometimes you should just do shit with your non-dominant hand. It helps uh, stimulate the brain. Don't make a habit out of it because, well, that stimulates a different part of the brain. But, like, if you're trying to, like, I, th- I think it's to prevent, uh, like, dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, l- learning new skills and, and, and keeping your brain active and doing new stuff helps your brain be healthy. Mm. Joan says something like that to Marcus. She's like, doing things with your non-dominant hand can make you live longer. Hmm. Something like that. And he's like, great. I'll have only my left hand, but for a really long time. <laughs> um, he's, you know, he's a little salty, a little peppery about it. I don't blame the guy. Yeah. 
I don't either. He also says, he mentions that he has a tremor in his hand, which is why the last episode was called Tremors. Oh! You'd think it would be like, this episode would be called that, but... No. No. Well, I mean, he, I mean, you see it in the last episode. Oh, you do. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, he, he mentions that he's been doing physical training, um, PT, as they call it everywhere. Usually PT refers to physical therapy. Well, was I, oh, I said training. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that sounded wrong. (laughs) And now I know why. Yeah. Um, but it's only been a few weeks. So, you know, hopefully if he keeps it up, it'll be good. But, um, only only time will tell. We're pulling for you, Marcus. So then we cut to a totally unrelated scene that has nothing to do with Marcus. Because Sherlock is trying to break into a car with Alfredo. Mm. It's one of these um, Alfredo's job. We know about this. Oh, they're not just being hooligans on the streets? No, no. This is in a controlled environment. Yes. Alfredo's mm-hmm. garage. The latest... Porsche Jaguar fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. The S, which stands, which stands for Securbity. Securbity, yeah. So Sherlock is like, actually, can you like, can you back up a couple feet because I'm like feeling crowded and that's why I'm not able to um carjack this car super quickly. Yeah, he's like, I don't need you just whispering. Don't set off the alarm, Sherlock. In my <laughs> ear, doesn't help. Alfredo's like, that's not me. That's the devil on your shoulder. Or the angel. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Um, and uh, it fails. He 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 fails at his uh, attempt to jimmy the car or whatever because the alarm goes off. And he's like, dang nabbit! And kicks the car door. And Alfredo is like, dude, what the fuck? I have to return these. <laughs> to the dealership or what you know to the to the place and he's like well you know they should expect some wear and tear in you trying to break into the cars yeah and Fredo's like that doesn't explain a, a boot print yeah on the door <laughs> <laughs> nobody's ever uh, stolen a porsche by kicking the door not yet mm, well you gotta try it mm-hmm mm-hmm um, and then he's like, well, y- you can tell the car manufacturer that they did a great job because this car is clearly impregnable. And Alfredo's like, it's very pregnable. This car is pregnant with twins. I was very whelmed by its security. <laughs> uh, so Sherlock is just failing because of his own self. Mm. And he's like, I don't understand why I would be. And Alfredo's like, well, you're upset about your friend. And Sherlock's like, so he's not a car. <laughs> That's not related. And then he says something really stupid because he says, you know, I've gone over it in my mind a, a thousand times and I did the strategically best thing that you could do at every step of the way. I am scientifically, I am, I was not wrong. There was no better way to go about getting. The result that we got. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no better way to get somebody so upset that he shoots you. <laughs> but um, this is this is such a weird line because, like, in the previous episode, he had said to Marcus, "Like, there's all these things that I could have done that would have been better, mm-hmm. and that maybe would have had a different outcome." And it's like, 
I guess if they had researched stuff and they hadn't just like looked at his phone. So this is like last episode, right? Right. They stole the guy's phone to learn that he was a parolee and stuff. I guess if they had researched that beforehand, they would still have gone up to him and been like, hey, you're a parolee. Right. And so he still would have hated that. Okay, I take it back. Sherlock's right. <laughs> He's never done anything wrong. <laughs> so Sherlock is like, I, I don't understand. I did everything scientifically correct. I shouldn't feel bad about my friend losing the use of his arm. Yeah, and but but for some reason, I'm having these weird feelings. I'm seeing this small green little cricket creature wearing a top hat. He's he's telling me things. He's like, you made mistakes. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. And Alfredo says, that's Jiminy. He's here to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, well, you know, you want to go to a meeting? And Sherlock's like, no, I don't have time. Goodbye. We'll go tomorrow. Sounds like me taking a shower. <laughs> no, I don't want to do it now. That I'm busy. I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it tomorrow. Don't ask me what I'm doing. I'm bu- I'm busy. I'm very I'm a very busy man. <laughs> then the next day, what do you say? I'm a busy man. I can't do it today. I I've got plans. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to me. And definitely don't sniff me. <laughs> so now we go to a new scene. I keep forgetting <laughs> content warning for a suicide attempt in this next scene. There is it's a fancy living room. There's a TV on and the TV has a reporter who's talking about the exact thing that's happening. Because as the news often does. You're right. <laughs> that's a fair assessment. I meant in the episode, but that is what the news is. Remember that time that um, Tom Brady got off of a plane? I do. I remember it being on the news News. for some reason. Big news day. Anyway, um, the news is talking about Dan Hauser, who's an elite money manager, um, and also the architect of a pyramid scheme. Now, is it a a Posny? Ponzi. Ponzi scheme. Is that just is that just another is it a type of pyramid scheme? I believe so. Yeah. Now I did not even Wikipedia this before we started talking about this, but the idea of a Ponzi scheme is you get investors and you promise them that they'll make a return on their investment. And the way that they make a return on their investment is you get other investments to give investors to give you money. And then you uh. give that money to the original investors. So like the bottom tier is always waiting, basically. Gotcha. Um, pyramid scheme is is the same way, where you get money from the people that you have recruited into the pyramid, mm-hmm. giving you money. It's honestly less of a pyramid and more of a funnel, because hmm. all the all the money's right at the. Yeah. Little- see. See. I don't. I don't really like this because, like, you only get like one level of like people making out good like what you should really have is like marketing for multi levels <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no i i would think you'll find that the shape will be very similar <laughs> so we pan over and we see that the person watching the tv happens to be the guy who's on the tv so it's dan hauser and he looks miserable. And he's got a gun. And he's 
and he's putting it into his mouth. And we all know. Suddenly, mm-hmm. bang! Pew! His knee goes out. Mm-hmm. What? What? And he's out. Like, how bad did he miss? <laughs> so someone else is there. Yeah. Now, now he's Hausner's crying. Have you ever seen that video of the woman stomping grapes and then she falls over? <laughs> yeah. He's making that exact sound. <laughs> he's like, ow, 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 <laughs> my knee. <laughs> and he's like, please, I was about to kill myself. And then they shoot him in the other knee, and he's like, ow, 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 ow. That brought Balto in. I think he thinks I was howling. <laughs> he's like, is there a baby in here? Is there a puppy that needs something? Hey, buddy. Balto went to the dog park this weekend. Yeah, he had such a good time. He was such a good boy. He was. He played with every single dog that came in after... Running up to them at full speed in order to um, get a good whiff of that butt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was like, new friend, I gotta say hello. <laughs> he was actually really cute because he was like adapting to the different ways that the different dogs played. Oh, Yeah. He's so, he's so good. He's almost four. But he is only three. He's three. Four now. <laughs> So, uh, this scene ends with the guy's like, I was gonna kill myself! Eh." And, uh, the person that, you know, we don't see who shot this guy, but he's like, uh, yeah, I have something I wanted to talk to you about. And, and Hasner's like, I'll Patella you anything! (laughs) Just stop shooting my knees! (laughs) Well, he's out of knees at this point, so. Well, what are the elbows but the knees of the arms? What is the job but the elbow to the soul? <laughs> Wait, the knee. Fuck. I messed it up. <laughs> ah, I was going to say some nonsense, but I said a different nonsense. And now it doesn't even match the references. The jokes I was referencing. Anyway. So. Then we see the aftermath of this encounter, which is, you know. There were three bullets in the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't get shot in the knee again. Yeah. And uh, there's thief written on in blood on the wall, and, and um, Hauser is, like, tied up in a chair. Now, I think I said that his name is Dan Hauser. I think it's Don Hauser, looking at my notes again. It still doesn't matter, but anyway. I don't care about him. Me neither, and he's dead. Yeah. And he's fictional, <laughs> is more important. Um, this is interesting, though. When we watched this episode... The first time, a couple weeks ago, um, it had just come out that Bernie Madoff had died in prison. Yeah. I was like, damn, coincidence? Yes. <laughs> but anyway. So anyway, then we get our intro. Bump, 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 Gun, gun, shoot, shoot, shoot. Marble roll and the thing. Busted, yeah. Busted. Cage falls on a guy. New York City. <laughs> that is that is the end of it. So when we come back from the intro, our intrepid heroes are on the case. So John and Joan, John and Joan, and also Tommy and Bommy, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> by Bommy I mean the CSI people. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, they're you know. They're looking at the the situation, and um, Captain tells them, you know, that uh, 
Donald was uh, killed last night. His personal chef found him this morning. And uh, her name is Miss Butler. Miss Butler, Ms. the personal but- chef? Right. And his butler's name is Mr. Personal Chef. Oh. That's my joke. I so that's get it. how my that's what my nickname was. Anyway, so um they're like, oh, Miss Butler, you know, she's finished talking to whoever she's talking to. She comes over to Captain and Joan, and uh Captain is like, So, Joan, this is Miss Butler, Miss Butler, this is Joan and Sherlock Watts. Sherlock Watson. Oh, my goodness. I want them to get married! <laughs> They're girl boss and male wife. It's fine. And Sherlock is, of course, over by the dead body, like, sniffing it from upside down above <laughs> him, like, looking in his mouth. And Captain's like, he he has a process. It's fine. And um, Miss Butler kind of looks, like, scared to see Joan or, like, surprised or something. Ner- I don't know. Nervous. I don't know how much of this you can, like, actually clock when you're watching it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Watching it the second time, knowing what I know, mm-hmm. it, it is interesting because Joan has her back turned to Miss Butler. Then Captain introduces her. She turns around. And there definitely is... A like a moment where Miss Butler seems like taken <gasps> aback. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because how beautiful Lucy Lou is. That's how I would react. <laughs> I'd be like, and Lucy, Miss Lou, this is Val Flight Cub, and I would be like, uh, <laughs> Do you have to pee? I do. <laughs> the second B stands for boing. Yung, 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 yung. <laughs> Exactly. My eyeballs popping out. <laughs> um, so Joan says, um, so you're his personal chef. What does that mean? You know, she's like. Well, well, her first line, her first words are, I'm sorry to meet you under these circumstances. Right. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah. And then he, she gets to talking to Miss Butler. You know, Miss Butler would um, make food for him at her house and then bring it over to him. You know, once a week or whatever. Whatever it is. And then... Then they look over at Sherlock. And he is... Sniffing inside of Hauser's mouth. Mm. This is where Captain says, you know, he has a process. Whatever, but... Halitosis! (laughs) That's what he's sniffing for. You can't diagnose that, Sherlock. (laughs) You're not Joan, and Joan's not a dentist. (laughs) So then Sherlock is like, Captain, Joan, may I, may I speak to you for a moment? May I reveal to you my process and my thoughts so far? So they go over and he says he thinks that um, this guy, I mean, he read the script. <laughs> he knows that this guy was attempting suicide when a person came in and rudely interrupted. Oh, rude interruption. Ooh. Yeah, because, because Gregson thinks... That it was a home invader and uh, Donnie grabbed his own gun uh, as, like, self-defense. Mm-hmm. And, and Sherlock is like, no, he definitely did not grab the gun in self-defense, at least at first. Right, because the drawer that it was in is, like, carefully closed. Which, yeah, if there's a burglar in your house, you're not, like, closing the cupboards nicely yeah. and stuff. And then he also says, do you want to say what how he describes the the whiskey that he finds? I mean, I don't, I don't remember exactly. He just, I know he says it's very old, very good, very expensive whiskey, mm-hmm. and 
there was no other time he was going to use it. Yeah, so it's it's like $10,000 a bottle whiskey from 1926. And as he's explaining that, he says, like, from 1926, yum. <laughs> he wasn't, you know. And he, he points out the glass. The guy's glass is, like, full mm-hmm. of this $10,000 whiskey, which normally, you know, if you were planning on living another day, you would not drink it. To the last drop. Right. If you're going to drink this whiskey, you're going to have like a finger length of it in your glass and Mm -hmm. and you're going to swirl it around and sniff it a lot. Or you're going to just like put your finger on the top of the bottle and then turn the bottle over upside down and then turn it back over (laughs) so your fingers are just wet and just like... (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get my fingers wet. Yummy. My fingertips. I'm like one finger tips worth, please. (laughs) So, yeah, and then the other thing that Sherlock discovers is that um, he, he had, Hauser had gun oil on the roof of his mouth, you know, like you would get from transferring from when you put a gun in your mouth. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. He was not going to try to give him mouth to mouth. He was investigating. <laughs> so now we've got our clues. Let's go to the brownstone and uh, discuss them, think about them, and, uh, you know, do some blah, 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 blah. blah. You know, the process. Yeah. I could have just said, so then they go to the brownstone, but I didn't. (laughs) So Sherlock is like, lots of things that we learned today. I think we should start by looking at Miss Butler. Her haptics were off the charts. Did you notice that? She She was so suspicious. She was so nervous when we were talking to her. She was like, she was hiding something. Yeah. And Joan's like, you don't know. Maybe she had to fart. <laughs> Maybe she was just holding in a fart. You don't know. There were a lot of strangers in, and she didn't want to fart in front of them. Yeah. We've all been there, Sherlock. <laughs> I realized today just how little I pay attention to my farts when I'm outside. Because <laughs> I was walking out of the subway, and I was literally like, as I crossed the threshold to the like of the, the subway... um the stairs or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, in the outside. I'm, like, passing, like, three people, but my butt is already, like... <laughs> <laughs> You're walking away. I was, like, some mild crop dusting. You won't notice. <laughs> is it a weird thing to talk about on a podcast? <laughs> no. It's just that kind of podcast. Yes. The kind of podcast I'm going to attach to my resume so that employers will hear it. You know it's a real rude interruption? What? When you think you're going to fart, but something else Uh-oh. rudely interrupts. Oh, boy. Rudely erupts. <laughs> rudely erupts. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. So, Joan is like, well, you don't know. She might have been holding in a fart. And um, Sherlock's like, so, you, um, you, t- you saw Belle today? And Joan's like, yes, I did. And Sherlock's like, and did he did he say anything? Did he mention me? Joan just says like he's doing good. You know, he's has not regained full use of his arm. Hmm. But you know, this is just a little moment to you know illustrate that Sherlock is still thinking about Bill. So Joan says Bell's riding a desk. He's whatever. He'll figure it out. Also, he did. He asked me to run an errand for him. That famous Joan excuse of errand. Uh-huh. I have errand. Mm-hmm. She got, she got a text that was like, sorry about earlier. Can we talk? Come over by my place. Here's the address or whatever. 
So he's like, she's like, I'm going to go do errand, mystery errand. Don't ask. And she goes to Miss Butler's apartment. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, Miss Butler invites her in. And um, so, of course, they know each other from before. And the way they know each other is Joan was a sober companion for this woman. So she's like, I didn't know if, like, I had to legally disclose that you were, you know, my sober companion or what. And I, like, I didn't want to tell people. Like, I had not been open with people about that. So, you know, yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, very understandable. 30 strangers is is not exactly who you want to come out to as an addict. Yeah, yeah. And Joan is like, yeah, there's, like, no rules for this. So yeah. that's why I... <clears throat> that's why I took the lead of just like, hello, stranger, I've never met before. Mm-hmm. So, um, Joan meets, um, Miss Butler's new baby, her new baby. That's just what's happening in the scene. But, <laughs> but then, uh, so then Joan tells Miss Butler, you know, Sherlock is like really suspicious of you because he noticed you were hiding something. Can I tell him about our former relationship? Like our, my confidentiality will extend to him. Like I trust him a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting how Joan puts this and and never breaks Sherlock's confidence. Being, being like, oh, yeah, he like the simple explanation would be he's in the same position as you and he will understand and will understand and won't give up your secret. Yeah. But she cannot betray his confidence. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny if, like, doctor-patient confidentiality was, like, the doctor and any of their patients. <laughs> yeah. You could just tell them. <laughs> like, it's like a Discord or something. Like, <laughs> it's an exclusive chat, but <laughs> everyone in there can read the things. Anyway, so they, they're at the police station now, and Joan is telling Sherlock about um, the situation, including the fact that Miss Butler has an alibi because she was with her sponsor the night before. And this scene starts off with, like, Bella's at the police station and Sherlock, like, is just, like, looking at him from across the police station, like, <laughs> I miss you, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's making a little, uh collage with rose petals in the shape of a heart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then once they're at the police station joan has explained um miss butler's situation sherlock's like well that's just as well because i have some new leads anyway there's two people that he wants to talk to one is the reporter that broke the story on hauser's pyramid scheme and the other is the guy that is probably the last person to see Hauser alive, which is this nonprofit director. Before we, we, we leave, I, I liked uh, in this scene where Sherlock learns this new information about Miss Butler, and he says... Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm a little surprised that um, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, I don't know, sniff out a, another addict. But, two more importantly, he didn't catch... That Joan was lying. Yeah. That Joan was hiding something from him. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good moment because he's just like kind of peeved about it. <laughs> but not on the, you know, like he's not mad at Joan. Yeah. yeah that's a good. She's very, she's very talented. <laughs> she's a, a quick learner. Mm hmm. So then they go to the nonprofit. And um, so this nonprofit finds, um, 
Swiss bank account that used to belong to Nazi profiteers and takes that money and, and gives it to Holocaust survivors. And their families, yep. And their families. No, you have to be <laughs> 80 years old. To, yeah. So um, Hauser was the accountant for this this firm. And um, the director, Jacob Weiss, is like, listen, I, uh, you know, I don't know anything about this pyramid scheme situation, but like he never did anything weird with our books mm-hmm. and he was a nice guy to me. Yeah, he might have screwed over everybody else, but he didn't screw us over. Yeah. So guys all read in my book. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, my bro has never said anything sexist to me. <laughs> so, you know, he, he does the thing that I, I really can't stand, which is when um like suspects or interviewees um speculate on the motivations of the the victim because he's mm-hmm. like maybe he saw it as a kind of karmic counterbalance for yeah. everything that he was doing i'm just like you don't know <laughs> shut up <laughs> also of note is in this scene they're meeting this guy in like the lobby of the nonprofit, and there's this big statue um like art piece kind of thing of like stone that's you know, shapes put together that the cutouts look like the Star of David and the na- there are names engraved all over it of all the different survivors of, I think it's like people they've helped. Mm-hmm. Um, so just remember that. Tug that away. <laughs> Chekhov's Star of David sculpture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't want to say it, but it is Chekhov's Star of David sculpture. So then uh, Sherlock says, oh, great. The reporter that I left a voicemail for is calling me back. So he picks up the phone and he says, Hi, Miss Nunez. Thank you for calling me back. You got my voicemail. And then it's a bad sign because the person that's on the other end says, Is this Sherlock Holmes? I'm Detective Luntz. Oh, no. Oh, boy. I'm at Rosalie's apartment. She probably uh, come over. You might be able to consult for us a little bit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So it, um, you know, it cuts to that guy, and it's a and, detective. And Sherlock is like, yeah, your jacket does make you look fat. <laughs> He's a fashion consultant on the side. <laughs> yes. No, Miss Nunez has also been killed. Oh, yeah. boy. The same way, like, he, she's tied up as well. And um, according to the Emmy, you know, this is like the same killer a few hours later. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like, this is, why would somebody kill the pyramid scheme guy and the woman that broke the story for it? Sherlock's like, talk about shooting the messenger. Oh, but up, up, but up, up. That was too airy of a fart for that. It's usually supposed to be kind of like a sort of sound but anyway so they're at miss nunez's apartment and they're looking around at things and and sherlock goes up to the door and he sees something interesting on the door so he touches it with his finger and then he licks his finger the tongue is the best investigative weapon oh i don't know that that's true but um i'm sure if you go on some Rated M for mature fan fiction sites who will be able to look, figure it out. You know ooh, what I'm saying? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, you know what I mean? We can investigate some. Uh, so Sherlock calls Joan over because he has found something interesting. 
Which is, uh, the thing that he licked on the door. Well, he didn't lick it, but he indirectly licked it. The thing that he then indirectly licks again, and I couldn't help but think, did they film this not knowing which... Take they were going to use? Exactly. Or... Does Sherlock just, like, you know, want to, like, double check? <laughs> He's like, mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure, but I gotta, I gotta give it another little... And then doesn't he hold his finger out to Joan, too, to be like, you can taste this yeah, if you want? Yeah, and she's like, I'm good, thanks. I'm, I'm good. I'm not gonna lick a door or your finger, so... <laughs> He's like, I'm wearing a glove. <laughs> so, this is, um, this is sap that he has found on the door. And the kind of sap that it is, is indicative of the area of the blah, 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 blah. It's like the orange something, something or other, but it's not actually orange. It's yes. some other. Sherlock, yeah. You know what it is? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sherlock explains this when they go to the park that this sap must have inevitably come from. That it's uh, from the Osage, the Osage orange, um, which is not really an orange. And also called... Monkey balls. Monkey balls. And of course, the way they introduce this scene is they cut to Sh- Sherlock just going, monkey balls. And Jones like, what? And he's like, super monkey balls 2 was a great video game. <laughs> and also, look at these fruit. They kind of look like monkey balls. <laughs> They're kind of fuzzy little fruits. They, it's very much kind of like two circular things <laughs> smushed together, smushed together <laughs> in a um, containment sack. Mm, mm-hmm. Some kind <laughs> of encapsulation. So uh, he says, you know, these monkey balls, they're only here and they're always here and they make the sap and they're on the ground and you walk on them and then you put your foot on the door and there you go. Monkey ball sap. So our killer must have walked through here, walked by here. Mm-hmm. Then they see some skaters and Sherlock. He was a skater boy. Sherlock was a hater boy. That is exactly right. Sherlock <laughs> is very annoying for the next 10 seconds because he's like, observe, Joan, a generation absorbed by narcissism. They don't They don't think anything's worth living unless it can be captured on camera. And the biggest accomplishment in life is having the exact moment your genitalia are squished to be achieve meme status meme and as a meme myself a former meme i will say it feels pretty good it's pretty it's pretty cool i mean my meme didn't involve my genitalia being smashed by anything Mm. so bad but when you're a meme you can smash your genitalia wherever you that's entirely not correct no anybody that you can request yeah, and anybody that listens to this podcast that has achieved any level of fleeting internet fame will know that it doesn't usually translate into real-life rewards of any kind. Yeah. Yeah, my viral thing just uh, uh, pops up every six months or so, and i got to call my doctor to get some pills to cure oh, it up. Oh, oh. Wait, no, that's not what I meant. No, no, no. <laughs> the GIF versus GIF. GIF. Uh-huh. Every um, every six months, you get somebody going. I saw you in a gif. Yeah, my my friends from high school. They don't know you, but they posted this, and it's you, and I know you. <laughs> and you're like, yes, please give me ten dollars. Yeah, and then some. Sometimes they get upset when I'm not like super thrilled about it. And I'm like, yeah, that happens, and they're like, this is the coolest thing ever, and I'm like, this is. 
six years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> this happens all the time. Uh, and I get no royalties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also, have you ever tried to explain to someone that you're in a GIF slash GIF? Uh, no. There's something very weird and humbling about trying to brag to someone that you have a Tumblr post with <laughs> half a million likes on it. <laughs> it it's just... It, I, because the picture that I'm in is so stupid. Uh-huh. And I have to be like, um, I'm kind of like making this pose and like my head, my hoodie is like pulled over my face. Um, people shared it on Thursdays. And it's got like 750,000 <laughs> notifications on it now. So it's like, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> people I would, were like, I wow, would, <laughs> it sounds cool. I would know it's Thursday by my notifications. <laughs> yeah. And actually, if you go, I go on Tumblr every once in a while and it has a little chart of like all of your activity. <laughs> mm-hmm. And literally it's all, every time I go on there, it's activity for the past month and it's flatline and four little spikes <laughs> evenly dispersed because like there are still some people that are like, Thursday. <laughs> My friend Ellie, um, shout out to Eleanor, sends me like very ob- oblique references to Thursdays on Thursdays, which the most oblique she got was last week or two weeks ago. She sent me a gif of some cartoon frogs screaming, and the caption was, Scream, for it is Wednesday. <laughs> I was like, Well, close it's thursday (laughs) anyway people who don't know about that tumblr post are going to be really annoyed by this segment of the episode and i apologize if you send me your grievances via mail in a hard copy letter i will mail you back a photograph of me frowning like i'm sorry if I have ever done anything wrong, which I don't think I have, I don't think so either. Let me know by writing me a note on a ten dollar bill. Mm. That's a good. Yeah, you'll read it, and then you know the cashier at the Seven Eleven will be like, "Why did you say that? I why does this bill say I'm annoying on a podcast?" <laughs> and, and I'd say, "Take the money." You annoying podcaster. <laughs> and give me my hubba bubba bubble gum. <laughs> a hundred packs, please. <laughs> For $10? Wow. Nice sale. How much is hubba bubba bubble gum? Hubba L- bubba bubble gum. two bucks. See, I, okay, I was imagining one little piece. Oh, no, I mean, like, the thing that comes in the, like, the, the circle. That, like, opens oh, up tape. like a Pac-Man. The tape, yeah. That stuff's so freaking good dude yeah i would just shove that whole thing in my mouth but like you like feed it in mm-hmm. i was just like tape 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 tape, tape. <laughs> yeah and then you can like bunch on it for like a good like 10 minutes and then it tastes like rubber mm-hmm. yeah. and then you eat it yeah and it's still in your stomach to this day no you you don't eat you eat you it. eat it what else are you supposed to do it's in your mouth and chewed up spit it out it's gum it's nutrients no i don't think it is well you're probably right. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop doing it. I wish you would. It stays in there. You're going to get it clogged up one day. Mm-hmm. It's cheaper than bypass surgery. Ooh. Bariatric. No. Bariatric? Isn't that what it's called? Bariatric surgery? Gastric bypass? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't. I think know. bariatric is another way of saying it. Bariatric sounds like... <laughs> like an old man named Barry? 
Uh, no, like there's like baby bear, mama bear, and uh, <laughs> mama and papa bear. But there's also grandpappy bear. Who's bariatric. Who's a bariatric. <laughs> <laughs> what is this podcast about? Ah, Pokemon Snap. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Blastoise. I just met it. Ah, it's so cool. Uh, yes. Anymore. <laughs> so Sherlock is lamenting the downfall of civilization. Ah, oh, these damn kids these and the damn kids. phones. But they also might help our case, Joan. Yeah, Im- like immediate one, 180 from Mr. Holmes. I love that he has to say, I think it's bad, but it is going to be helpful. <laughs> he can't just be like, let's talk to these kids, see if any of them, because they're always in the park and they're always filming when they're in the park. So mm-hmm. maybe somebody filmed... Some skater trick that had our suspect in the background. So that's the gist. That's the idea. And Joan is like, how about I go talk to them? Because you don't seem like you're in a very good, friendly mood. And Mm -hmm. this could require a lighter touch. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, you speak idiot. (laughs) She's like, yeah, so you're not going to be the one to talk. She's like, how about you go to a meeting? Yeah, which, because Alfredo has been, like, bugging him to go to one. Yeah. And um, she also says, I stitched plenty of these guys up in my OR rotation, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I know how to talk to them, which is just funny. Like, are they coming out of, like, anesthesia after surgery being like, that was a fucking gnarly surgery. Like, <laughs> 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 you know? Uh. They're like, you are the 720 degree flip of surgeons. <laughs> I don't know any skating terms at all. <laughs> uh, I, 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 the only thing I know is that they just say the numbers. They, they, do, they don't say degree. They don't say degree. It's implied. It's a bit like Kelvin that way. Mm. You know that about the temperature, Kelvin? So it's like 90 degrees Fahrenheit. 20 degrees Celsius, uh-huh. 400 Kelvin. Oh, I'll say degree. Okay. Mm-hmm. You still say Kelvin, though. You I still say you- Kelvin. Yeah. So now Sherlock goes to Alfredo's place. And Alfredo is not there yet. There's just a young man. And Sherlock kind of looks at him warily, like, did you break in here or what's going on? And uh, the guy says, oh, you must be Sherlock. Um, Alfredo's told me about you. And Sherlock's like, and you are? And the guy says, Randy. Randy. And Sherlock asks, name or adjective? Mm? And he's like, what? What? (laughs) He's like, is it short for Randall? Or are you, do I make you horny, baby? (laughs) Um, I'm so randy. <laughs> Do I make you randy? Yeah. <laughs> That's Austin Powers, if you didn't know that mm. already. Um, I believe Austin Powers is where I learned that randy is a synonym for horny. Makes sense. I probably also watched Austin Powers when I was like 12. Also makes sense. <laughs> 13. Anyway, um, so before they can continue this ridiculous conversation of is your name Randy or are you horny? Um, Alfredo comes in and he says, oh, I see you've met e- each other already. Great. 
Sherlock's like, yes, I was worried that your home had been in- infiltrated. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, this is this is Randy. Do, do you think Sherlock would do this with other names as well? Like, hey, I'm Taylor. Is that your name or your profession? Yeah. Or like, you are Alexis? Are you a car? <laughs> I, I don't know how many situations Sherlock has been in where he says, I'm Sherlock and you are, and the other person says an adjective. Like, <laughs> hungry! <laughs> well, wait, what if he was like, uh, who are you? And, and, and she goes, Danielle. And he goes, ah! And my name's Sherlock. <laughs> of course I'm sure. And no. <laughs> of, of course it is. And don't call me Shirley. Don't call me Sherlock. Don't call me Sherlock. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, Alfredo was like, oh, so this is Randy. He's been sober for three months. And, you know, he's a little baby sober. And he's looking for a sponsor. And Sherlock. Looks taken aback and, and looks at Alfredo and looks at Randy and is like, that's a great idea. He has such an awkward reaction to this. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Couldn't ask for it. Alfredo's great. Yeah, you, you're in great hands. <laughs> and Alfredo's like, no, no, you, you would be the sponsor of Randy. Mm-hmm. And Sherlock's like, can we talk 10 feet away from him? Real quick. <laughs> So they go to the other side of the garage, and Sherlock's like, are you kidding? What the me, fuck? Me as a sponsor? What are you thinking, man? What's going on in that flat back? No. <laughs> flat cap. What is it called? Hat. Snapback. Flat rim. Never mind. What are you thinking, man? I don't have a flat back. <laughs> I got buns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Alfredo says. Yeah. He says, hey. I got cake for days. <laughs> and he says, look, you've been in the program for long enough time now. You are ready to sponsor somebody. And also, I think you should, because, like, you feel bad about Bell. He doesn't want you to work out any of your guilt on him. You know, you can't help him. But it's a good instinct to have, so you should channel that into helping somebody else. Like Randy. And Sherlock's like, um... I'm a detective, so I am, I'm busy, like, all the time. And he gets a text from Joan, and he's like, like, now. See, See, I have to go. duty calls. I can't even make it to the meeting that I was supposed to go to. Yeah. And, and I see right through this, Sherlock. Mm. You're just not in control of this situation right now, and you don't like it, and you just want to go home. Because this is not an urgent text message. Yeah. This is Joan saying, hey, I got the skater footage. Mm-hmm. Like, she's definitely, like, texting him that with the idea that his phone is in Do Not Disturb, and he'll see that when he gets out. Mm-hmm. Like, this can wait an hour. Yeah. But no, it can't. Because crime solving is all about being hurrying. It's all about being quick. He has to leave. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Because Joan does, hasn't even spotted anything by this point. Mm-hmm. By the time Sherlock gets home, Joan is like, yeah, I've learned nothing besides the difference between a switch and a fakie. Which she doesn't give us that information. So, mm-hmm. okay. Well, a switch um, can play Pokemon Snap and a fakie can't. 
Oh, a fakie explodes when you plug it into the wall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. (gasps) What if you could plug... (sighs) Imagine the future of video games where you can plug the thing into the wall and you play on the wall. Like, you have the whole wall as a TV. Like, it's a... Like a wall. That would be pretty cool. Pretty cool. Big wall of TV. Big wall. What if a wall was big? <laughs> I feel like that's what Donald Trump ran on. What if What if there was a wall that was great? And a great wall of Lina. Of what? Lina. That's how he said it, right? China. <laughs> so Sherlock tells Joan about this ridiculous suggestion that Alfredo has made that he be a sponsor after being in the program for a year. What? As if. And Joan is like, I think it's a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. And yeah. Sherlock, Sherlock's like, you realize my life is not like conducive to being a sponsor. Like it's not, my schedule does not revolve around being a sponsor. And Joan is like, no one's is. Yeah. Everyone has other things in life. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm busy. And if another person has a moment of, of chaos and needs, I can't just drop. no way I could help yeah. them. It's like, what do you think other people do? Yeah. They figure it out. Yeah. They make time. So then Joan finally spots somebody in this footage. She's like, hey, I recognize that guy. And Sherlock's like, small world? And Joan is like, oh, no, no. I, like, recognize, recognize him. This is a guy that I knew from being Miss Butler's sober companion. companion. Right. And um, so, you know, she, so he's connected to um, this guy, Hauser. And Sherlock's like, oh, yeah. The world is not that small. <laughs> so they, they have a lead. But she doesn't remember the guy's name, so she needs to talk to Miss Butler about it. Mm-hmm. So she goes goes back to Miss Butler's apartment, and he, she's like, I recognize this guy. Who is this guy? I wasn't sure. I can't remember if he's, like, I know you guys have talked before. You, like, argued one time. I'm not sure if you were, like, his ex or if, or what. You know, you didn't want to talk about it, so I didn't push it, whatever. And um, Miss Butler's like, yeah, I... We were like a thing back when I was using. He was, you know, a dealer that I <laughs> hooked up with or whatever. Her hookup. Her hookup. <laughs> exactly. And she's like, you know, he was a client of Mr. Hauser's and he told me he was an entrepreneur, but I learned that means criminal. I don't know what he does. But uh, he's this guy named Nelson. Nelson something. <sighs> Criminal named Nelson. <laughs> What's next? A rapper named Marshall? <laughs> or or a rapper named Curtis? Yeah. That sounds likely. <laughs> so then Miss Butler is like, okay, so I'm glad you got a lead, but you cannot tell them how you recognize this guy. Because there's no way you can explain how you recognized him without saying that you were my sober companion. Mm-hmm. And Joan is like, okay, but two people died. So Ms. Butler is like, yeah, that 
kills me. But like, I'm in the middle of a custody battle right now over my baby that you met earlier. You know that guy? You know, the baby that we couldn't get back for a second day. <laughs> right, right. He's in the other room. Don't worry about it. Um, and she says, you know, like, nobody knows about the fact that I was an addict. If it looks like I was hiding it, they can use that against me and I could lose custody. You know, and my ex sucks. Also, I just want to point out, Miss Butler, it's not that it would look like you were hiding the fact that you were an addict. You did and are hiding the fact that you're an addict. Right. It would it would come out. Yeah. That you did hide it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I read something about how the best way in writing to show like how strong a character's conviction is or like how strong a characteristic somebody has, you have to like butt it up against something a challenge as equally strong hmm. so like the reason we know that walter white is like such an egomaniac is that like he refuses free money because he's like no i can make it myself hmm. so this is such a good way of illustrating like how seriously joan takes her oath of uh the confidentiality agreement is she's like you know butler is like you cannot tell them. And Joan is like, people were murdered about this. And she's like, yeah, too bad. You still mm -hmm. can't tell them. Which like, you know, she's not just being like a jerk about it. There is a reason, you know, this custody battle. But but yeah, this is just an interesting, interesting question. So Joan goes back to the brownstone and explains this to Sherlock. And Sherlock is like, what? Come on. Yeah, to nobody's surprise, Sherlock does not like this. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't catch the killer because of someone's feelings. Yeah. And and he's like, what, what if we did it anyway? Mm-hmm. And Joan is like, no. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to make a liar out of me? Yeah. And, and and she also brings up the thing again about, like, it's not just about her feelings. It's bigger than that. You know, she could lose her kid. And Sherlock's like, you don't know that. And Joan is like, you don't also know that. You don't, you don't know what could happen if we, you know, step outside the moral box. Right. And Sherlock's like, it'll probably be fine. And Joan is like... It wasn't the last time we did that. Yeah. Ask ask Bell's arm movements how, yeah. how fine it could be. Yeah. Oh, wait. You can't ask Bell's arm movement because it's not here. <laughs> so, yeah, they're in a quandary. This also also worth mentioning, like, it comes up in um, this conversation. It's probably not that surprising, but Joan is like, I kept your confidentiality, you know, even when you said I was a monkey wrangler or whatever. And Sherlock's like, if it was... Between my confidentiality and a murder being solved, I would break that in a heartbeat. Which I just, I feel like nobody's, like, surprised to hear, but mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, that's who he is. Yeah. He's like, okay, I did a bunch of drugs. Anyway, you're the killer. <laughs> <laughs> so now we go to Alfredo's apartment. Well, his garage. There's the one <laughs> set for Alfredo stuff. Uh, well, uh, when, I was about to say, I was like, well, when he broke in, that's what we're talking about right now. Uh-huh. Well, technically, it starts in Alfredo's bedroom. Does it? Uh-huh. Because he hears um, uh, a, the Porsche rev, the engine rev. Mm -hmm. And and so he, he gets up and he, he goes to the garage to check it out. Mm -hmm. 
and he sees because he's got like a baseball bat in his hand or something. Yeah, and he sees in the driver's seat is Sherlock Holmes, looking sulky. He's just thinking. Which, how can you be sulky when you finally broke into that Porsche Jaguar? <laughs> SB! <laughs> so Alfredo's like, wow, Sherlock, you, you beat the alarm. You beat my house alarm. <laughs> and Sherlock's like, for someone whose job is security, you'd think you'd have a better house alarm. It's actually, like, really easy to hack. Whatever. <laughs> so Alfredo gets in the car with him to have this convo. And, you know, he's like, obviously, you're thinking about something. Yeah. You want to talk. Yeah, I love this. Obviously, you want to talk. You did not come to my house in the middle of the night, break in, break into the car, and sit here waiting for me to come out. To think alone. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sherlock is like, I've always had compassion for the people, you know, for the victims of the crimes I solve. Empathy is is a skill that I have that's very useful. It allows me to also, you know, step into the minds of the killers and understand that side of things. But... Figure out the motive. Mm-hmm. But... Me sad because Bell. Mm. He's like, I don't know what to do with all this feelings I have now. Not, not feelings for Bell, but, you know. We know it's... A roundabout Bell. Yeah. Yeah. And Alfredo is like, well, yeah, the program is working. You're supposed to feel empathy for other people and their plights. That's why you listen to other people's stories. And um, you just got to remember, it's not about you. It's not about you. This is Alfredo's, like, main point as a sponsor. Yeah. Is the program is, you're part of it, you have to do it. But a lot of it is not for you. It's yeah. for everyone else to see you doing it. Yeah, I like that. Because Sherlock is like, I get it. You want me to be a sponsor because it will help me, you know, work through these feelings. And and Alfredo's like, yeah, that might happen for you. But mm-hmm. it's not about you. Yeah, yeah. Randall is a whole person. Mm-hmm. And and you you got a lot out of this program, and and you gotta put some in. Mm-hmm. So Sherlock goes back to the brownstone, and Joan is on the couch, um, surrounded by files and stuff. And Sherlock's like, "Wow, you had you got an you're getting an early morning." And Joan's like, "Actually, I had a late night. I slept. I worked through the night. Tried to tried to sleep, but I couldn't. So I figured I'd just get right back to it." She's such a detective. Yeah. She's so good. So she's like, I figured out, you know, a way around or a way sort of. I I sent Nelson's photo to the captain and I just explained how, you know, Rosalie Nunez's uh, laptop was missing. We noticed that at her apartment. And then this guy, you know, is walking away from her apartment approximately after the time the crime happened with a laptop bag so seems super sus exactly and she's like i couldn't say the name i couldn't you know because i can't explain how i know who this is but at least his face is out there maybe somebody hopefully someone soon will recognize him and pull and we can bring him in because that that was the other part of of sherlock's argument was like it's not you know like oh i want to solve this puzzle it's like there's a killer who's already killed two people Mm mm-hmm just out 
walking around still. We know who he is and we can't stop him. So so Joan explains that to Sherlock and, and he's like, you know, it's not ideal, but given the circumstances, it is the most we could do. Good job. Well done. Yeah. I like when Sherlock tells Joan that she did a good job. Yeah. So then they take this photo and they go to the charity because, you know, this Jacob Weiss guy from the charity knew the dead guy, Hauser. Hauser knew Nelson, whose name we're pretending we don't know. So maybe, you know, maybe Jacob Weiss will recognize Nelson. So he says, oh, yeah, he was at a fundraiser one time. Hauser um, brought him and he donated a bunch of art. So I don't know what he does, but he must do something in art. He's a fart dealer. Short for fine art. <laughs> yes. So with that information, Joan says, okay, but I've been over the, the client files of Hauser's like all night, you know, looking for a connection. And there is only one art gallery as Hauser's client and Nelson is not in the files for it. So Sherlock's like, so you think maybe he's a silent... <laughs> Silent partner. And Joan says, well, it's worth looking into. So they go to this art gallery. And it's this little weird all-white room with some strange things hung up on the walls and little sculptures in the, the middle of the room on a little pedestal. And one woman who's just, like, standing around. And they're like, do you recognize this person? And um, Fabiana, who's a receptionist, is like, I've never seen any person <laughs> in my life. What's a person? And they're like, hmm, interesting. Well, can we look around? We're huge fans of the neo-deconceptualists. And she's like, yeah, of course. So they walk away and Joan is like, so that's not a genre of art. <laughs> she's like, that's not real. And he's like, don't tell Fabiana. Oh, it'll, yeah. it'll crush her. Yeah. So he's looking around and this place is... <laughs> The art gallery is funny because I love fake art for TV shows. Mm -hmm. It's always like so evocative and devoid of meaning at the same time. <laughs> it's so good. Like they, there are uh, knitted gas masks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like because it's what it's saying is what if a gas mask was knitted. Ah. There's, like, um, canvases that have been sprayed onto, that, like, clearly have been printed onto to look like it was spray, mm -hmm. um, that say, like, ask me anything in impact font. <laughs> and, like, some other, like, internet phrase. I don't remember what it was, but <laughs> it's very nothing. It's, it's funny. When he's looking around, Sherlock is looking around and notices that there's heel scuffs on the floor. Scuff marks. Scuff marks. And they're like, Fabiana, do you know anything about this? He's like, Did you open the did you open the gallery today? And she's like, Yeah, why? And he's like, Nothing was strange. And she's like, No, why? And they follow the heel scuffs and they lead to the back exit. Ooh, and back the, alley. Yeah, the back exit leads to an alley with a big dumpster in it. Pixar mom? Mrs. Incredible is standing in the back alley. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it's not that kind of dumpster. Mm. It is the kind 
Where you flip open the lid, and there's a dead body in it. And inside is trash. And then under that trash is human trash. Ah! Nelson! Nelson! Dang! And sure looks, looks at Fabian and is like, So, you don't know this guy? You want to maybe change your answer? He's clearly your dumpster guy. <laughs> the guy who lives in your dumpster. Dumpster man! So then they call in the captain and the, you know, the rest of the squad. Tommy and the bomb, the bombies. And uh, captain says, you know, we found uh, Nelson's car just up the street and it had a gun and rope matching the other crimes in it. Ooh. So we found our assassin. We got him. Uh-huh. Case closed. Show over. Well, Who, how'd he die? Who cares? I, I'd like to know. Oh, okay. Well, so do the police. So we're going to figure it out. Yeah, we got 10 more minutes of runtime. That's yeah. fine. So Sherlock is looking around this gallery, and he figures out that this gallery is actually pretty freaking shady. Hmm. He's like- Not enough light coming in from the windows. <laughs> <laughs> you can't plant a tree right in front of your one- South-facing window. <laughs> yeah, so, so he's looking around, and and you know, because you've been to art galleries, when, when a painting or a piece has been uh, bought or purchased, uh, you place a little red sticker next to it to, mm-hmm. to mark it as sold. And he, he he's looking around, and as he he walks around, he, he says that like it doesn't seem like someone came in here and like placed an order for this thing and that thing. It's not random. The the it's, stickers are lined up like every third piece as if someone walked around the room methodically just like putting one down every few seconds. Yeah. Like however long it takes to peel the sticker off yeah. is how long it takes to walk from one to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So these red dots are, are clearly fake. Nobody's buying this weird art. It's uh, they're, they're fake purchases to hide money laundering. Oh! Uh-huh. And they're like, Fabiana, can we see your books, please? Wait, art being used to launder money? No fucking to way. <laughs> <laughs> NFT, in case you didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it right away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, art is like... Especially really expensive art is, like, a scam Mm. as far as, like, I don't know if it's, like, conspiracy theory level or if it's just, like, kind of one of these things that rich people know and just kind of make up with each other. But it's, like, you know, when art is, like, really expensive, there's no reason that it's that expensive. It's just, like, anyway, I don't know enough about it to get into it, but this art is especially shady and for money laundering. So... They get Fabiana to give them the books, and they go through them, and, well, it's time to go back to the charity and talk to Jacob Weiss and do a little charity lobby room parlor room reveal. Ooh. Oh, yes. They go back, they're talking, they say to Jacob, hey, fun fact about you, you're embezzling and we know it. Clap your hands. (laughs) So they had looked through this list of people who had bought this weird art, and a bunch of the names are names that Sherlock recognizes from Chekhov's sculpture of the Star of David with names engraved on it. Ooh! 
Ooh. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting because they've contacted a few of these families that are listed as having bought the art, and they've never freaking heard of it. And also, they were never informed that they had money given to them by this charity. Uh-oh. So, the scam is that... uh you know, this charity is claiming money from these Swiss Nazi accounts in the name of these Holocaust survivors and their families. And then, you know, like, oh, PayPal me and I'll give it to them. Uh And then just keeping it and laundering it through this art gallery. Man, this is exactly like the time uh, my dad dropped me off at the barber with a $20 bill and then had to go run an errand. And then I paid for the haircut, which was $13. Uh, and then I, I pocketed the extra seven. And then when my dad asked me um, where the money was, I, I told him that I tipped the barber seven bucks. It's like that, except if you also... Didn't get a haircut. <laughs> this is, I mean, this level of embezzling, this charity embezzlement is like 101 Dalmatians level villainy. <laughs> like, you can't get more like this is the bad guy than uh-huh. steals money from Holocaust victims yeah. and their families to keep the money for yourself. Like, the only other, like, <laughs> it's that and then I love to kill puppies for fun. <laughs> like... <laughs> This is so this is awful. So the way that this played out is Hauser was the accountant for this charity and learned about the embezzling. I mean, he's the accountant. He must have figured it out from like all these people are buying art from the same weird gallery mm-hmm. and discovered, you know, that this was a scam and he maybe he was really trying to be an accountant for a charity to karmically balance himself and so he doesn't want to do more scamming with the charity. Mm -hmm. So he decides to leak this story to Rosalie Nunez, the reporter that broke his original scam story. And Hauser gives, you know, his charity friend, Jacob Weiss, a heads up, you know, at dinner Mm. the other night to be like, hey, I'm going to go public with this. Just Just so you know. Just so you know. Get your affairs in order. Yeah, because I'm about to go to jail anyway. So, so are you. We'll be jail buddies. <laughs> so then, you know, Jacob Weiss doesn't want his embezzling to get out. So he kills Hauser, who figured it out, Nunez, who he told. And then once they come to him with the picture of like, do you recognize this guy that you hired to kill these people? You know, he realizes that they're on to his assassin and kills the assassin as well to clean up his trail. Loose ends. Loose ends, exactly. Hired a guy to, to kill some people and then kill that guy. Mm-hmm. Then there's no, there's no killers left. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we got him. And what a, what a guy to get. Got him. Got him. Hopefully there's like other people that work at this charity who are not keeping the money for themselves. <laughs> like, Yeah, hopefully he was the only wise guy. So that's the case. And now it's time for some character. Well, it's not really character development. It's plot. No, I'd say this is character development. The thing with Belle? Nope. <laughs> first, yeah, first we have a, a thing with Belle, which is very much just like a plot point introduced. Yeah. So Belle comes into the police station. He goes into the captain's office and he's like, oh, I thought I was here to meet the captain. And there's this like random other guy that's in there. Who who looks 
like an Italian mobster. It's a fine line. Yeah. I mean, once you, once you get to the age where you're like not in the field as a police officer or like a, a boss of the mafia, you you can kind of let yourself go. <laughs> like, you're not really using... You're not doing the leg work. You're not going to the gym. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're not doing the arm work and you're definitely not doing the core work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this guy is actually the um, deputy commissioner. And he's like, yeah, I asked Captain to lend us his office so we could have this conversation. And he's like, do you know, do you know what I do? Do you know what I, what department I run? And Bell's like, yeah, it's the demographics unit. You do normal stuff. It's fine. <laughs> and the commissioner's, you know, deputy commissioner's like, yeah, you know, it, 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 it's, it sounds bad, but we're really just, you know, keeping an eye on people, you know, to keep the city safe. Does this purposefully sound super racist and oh yes, yeah, Islamophobic? I'm pretty sure the demographics unit. I, I think the way that they like because this comes up later. This guy is here to offer Bell a position at the um, demographics unit because he, it's he, like he's like, hey, your arm doesn't work. You're probably gonna have to ride a desk for the rest of your career. May as well do that with me, right? Like if your PT doesn't work out, you can have a good position in this unit because it's like statistics based. So they look at like the demographics of people committing crimes. And then they're like, we should really police these people more, which is definitely not the root of the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's very like, and then he, he even says like, we're helping prevent, you know, we're helping protect the city from the next attack, which very much does sound like, yeah, we're watching Muslim people to make sure they don't do yeah. another 9-11. Would you like to be a part of our minority report? <laughs> we report on minorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, we, we keep keep an eye on certain groups. <laughs> Wonder how many white supremacists there are. Uh-huh. <laughs> we keep an eye on certain non-white people. <laughs> so anyway, Bell gets that offer. He's like, you should come join us. Do statistics all the time forever. Um, so that's where we leave that. You know, Bell's like, hmm, intriguing. So now we go to the brownstone. Sherlock is standing in the like living room that's like, ne- he's not standing in front of the door, even though he- he's expecting someone to come in uh-huh. because he's standing in the living room. The doorbell rings and he just yells, Enter! <laughs> yeah. He looks really nervous. He's like... He's wearing a suit. He's... Oh, yeah. He does do that. But he's doing it right now. Yeah, but, but like, I think this was, like, a purposefully dressing nice. Mm-hmm. And who comes in but... Horny. Uh, uh, Randy. Randy. I read a, a short story once where the guy character who, like, wants to get with the main woman character, his name is... Manly Pointer. <laughs> There's also a realtor in real life named Gay Horny. Mm. Anyway, um, so Sherlock is like, Randall, please have a seat. And then he just stands there and he's like. <gasps> Randy's like, look, if you don't want to be your sponsor. And Sherlock's like, no, no, I want to be your sponsor. Mm-hmm. Sit down. And then he like very awkwardly, very like, I wrote, I wrote this speech out in my head ahead of time so that I would know what I'm going to say. Um, he says, I am willing to be your sponsor. 
I will only be your sponsor. I will not be your friend or your therapist or anything else. I will be your sponsor. And Alfredo was my sponsor. He did not coddle me. So I will not coddle you if we agree to make our relationship official. Do you agree to the terms as I have laid them out to you? And Randy says, you're sober. You've been sober for a while now. Of course I find the terms acceptable. Yeah. It's just like... Whatever you're doing is working and I would like your help. Yeah. So that's the... Sherlock's got a sponsor now. Yeah, a sponsee. Sponsee. He is a sponsor. Yeah. He's got two sponsors. <laughs> he sponsors all the time. Oh, and Alfredo's a grand sponsor. Oh. He looks young for a grand sponsor. <laughs> so that's our episode. What did you think of this episode? I liked it. <laughs> I liked it too. I think it's a good kind of middle episode for Belle's storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, I think for his story to progress, like, you, some time just has to pass. I feel like this is a good, like, time filler kind of episode of, like, yeah, he's trudging along. He's doing his best. And I liked uh, Sherlock getting a new character in his life. Randy will show up again. Not a ton, though. <laughs> Randy will return. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's episode... Uh, now it's time for questions. Ooh! If you would like to send us a question, you can submit it to us on Twitter at LMNOPcast, or on our Discord, which you can join by clicking the link in our episode descriptions. You can also send an ask to our Tumblr at LMNOPcast.tumblr.com. So we have a few questions today. We asked people to ask us about um, pyramid schemes and being named horny and stuff. So, uh, Alec, I couldn't find my phone, so you're the one reading the questions today. Would you like Ooh. to read off read off what we've got? Well, let's start with Twitter. We got uh, our friend uh, Joe Bulldozer. The tallest Jew. Um, he asks, not a question, but I just relearned that Madoff's brain genius approach was to deposit investments in a normal business account and withdraw the returns once it was time to dish them out. Truly amazing he kept that going for like 30 years. Wow. So he didn't do any, he just had a a bag under his mattress full yeah, of Yeah, he was just like, give, give me money and then other people give me money and then I'll give you some of that money. Wow, look how much money this has earned Whoa. from all of my investing for you. Wow. He was just like, what if I was a bank? <laughs> if banks are allowed to do it. No, he also actively lied about it. Anyway. Yeah. Well, banks are liars, too. Yeah. And then on Twitter, from Joe Bulldozer, at the tallest <laughs> Jew, says, Is there a better name than chastity in terms of names which are aspirationally chosen by conservative parents, but which most teenagers will prove incorrect? <laughs> chastity is a pretty good one um because i mean if you it, it's if you even want your kid to get married mm-hmm. they're not going to be chased forever uh-huh. like y- you can't name a kid ch- chastity and then be like where are my grandkids you know something's got to get crossed uh-huh. i know a guy named uh, uh chase he was a real couch potato <laughs> yeah um what would be something that, like a conservative would want to name their their child, and that could be disappointed? Yeah. Um, oh, um, never smoke weed, Jones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's 
This is my daughter. We'll wait till 21 to drink. (laughs) (laughs) We also have some great input and questions from the Discord, if you wouldn't mind reading those as well. Friend of the show. um, Elizabeth Leafcrunch. Yes. If you had to participate in slash spearhead a scheme, what would you do? Is it pyramid scheme? Well, the question is just scheme. Scheme. Oh, okay. A scheme. There are a couple pyramid schemes. Um, I mean, multi-level marketing businesses that are essential oil-based. I think my scheme would be a double scam because it would be a pyramid scheme, but also um, instead of essential oils, like we'd tell people it was essential oils, but it would be like iced tea concentrate. Ooh. So that when they eat it, it's not... They're not poisoning their babies and stuff. Mm. And also, it would be a pyramid scheme where you have to enter... You have to buy, like, $20 worth of product to join. Okay, okay. So that you don't go bankrupt. I think I think my pyramid scheme is I'm going to sell uh, Arnold and Palmer, but really they're just lemonade and iced tea uh-huh. separately. How does that become a pyramid scheme? Um, well, if you get enough bottles of lemonade and you stack them up. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. I also just, we finished recording and I have to come back to say this. Um, re-examining Elizabeth's question, if I had to do a scheme, um, if it didn't have to be a pyramid scheme, I would absolutely just dupe rich people out of their money. They deserve it. So that's, that's my take. Is I would um, do something that sounds fancy, but isn't. Or, like, maybe I would sell people NFTs, but not actually have any of the NFT part of it. So just, like, have people send me their money on Venmo, and I would email them a thing that says, you have this now. So, that's I think that's what I would do. PR The Disaster on Discord asks, if you chose fake names where it also describes something about you, what would they be? Okay, so if this is you name yourself it and then you become it, mm-hmm. the default, I mean, immediate answer is rich. Oh. Um, but if it has to reflect my current reality, mm-hmm. gay. <laughs> I would also go rich. However, I'd have people call me big dick. <laughs> <laughs> Twofer. Yeah. Whereas uh, nowadays, uh, you know, people call me uh, by the very apt name, Guy. <laughs> guy man. <laughs> um, so the sketch show, British sketch show, Bit of Fry and Laurie, would have like transitions between the sketches that were like man on the street interviews. Mm-hmm. And they had one once that was a woman. Um, and she was like, you know, my name used to be Gay. But nowadays, that can be misconstrued, so I had to change it to raging homosexual. (laughs) That's what this question reminded me of. Raging bisexuals. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. And finally, from H. Cabe. Heckabee. There's no way of knowing how it's supposed to be pronounced. Mm. Ebotch, backwards. Mm -hmm. Ebotch. Or ebok. Like, like epic, like Bach, but on the internet. Bing, 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 if Bach was an e-girl, that's that was my <laughs> a, attempt at a synthesizer sound. That was pretty good. 
It wasn't. There, there, there's a new movie um, about women musicians and how, like, they did techno music first or electronic music, and it's called uh, Sisters with Transistors. Is it? Uh-huh. Is that real? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it took me a while when I was listening to the N- NPR about it uh, to realize that it was, like, transistor. Transist- I can't even say it. it. Transistor. Yeah, like the type of machine that they use. Yes. And it's not sisters with trans sisters. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cool. I, I had no idea that, you know, trans women were, were so uh, vital to, <laughs> to electronic music. I mean, they are. One yeah. of the developers of, like, the first, I think, synthesizer was uh, Wendy Carlos. Hmm. I think I completely misrepresented it, represented uh her role in electronic music, I think it was something else. Yeah. But Wendy Carlos was a trans woman who was, uh, you know, a part of the scene. Very nice. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Hakambe asks, uh, do you think Sherlock would be good or terrible at running a con? Obviously, he could figure out a lot of stuff about Marx, but he's bad at socializing. Also took me a second to realize that they were not talking about running like an anime con. (laughs) Sherlock Holmes saying over the announcement, there is urine in the ball pit. There is urine in the ball pit. I think... I think that Sherlock could do a con if someone else created it, because mm. I think he's pretty good at lying and deceiving people. But I think if he had to, like, con someone on the spot, it wouldn't go well, because he's always, like, when he makes up lies about Joan, it's always like, she's the best security person in America. Yeah. I, I also think he can do, like, short-term cons a lot better. Like, if he had to... Like, really make your sister believe that the two of you had been married for the last two years or something. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be able to do it. No, he wouldn't be able to keep it up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But he kind of does small cons. Well, no, he doesn't. He just lies. That's a different thing. Well, season seven, he does do a huge con. Oh, my God. Yeah. He <laughs> yes, he does. Spoilers for that. I guess. Uh, I think if he had Joan by his side, he would still do badly, but he would have a good time. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all for our questions this week. Uh, Thank you to everybody that sent in questions. Now, we are LMNOP. We are hosted at noisespace.xyz. It's a Canadian website, so you have to say Z. Now, they host lots of podcasts, such as this one. But they also host podcasts like Zero Zero, which I'm on. We That's recently, a good one. We recently finished talking about the Snyder Cut of the Jorstice League, which is, gotta say, in hindsight, bad movie. <laughs> and Enduring Sight was also a bad movie. Mm-hmm. I was complaining while watching. Yeah, yes. when you were enduring the sight of <laughs> the movie. There's also... Nana Roy's Nightmare and Era, there's County Girls Make Do, there's Kyle X Y, there's all sorts of things. There's a flavor for every um Taste sa- Bud. Taste Bud. So give it a taste, bud. <laughs> <laughs> 
We want to say thank you to <laughs> Sherlock to Joan. <laughs> Give it a taste, bud. Yeah. <laughs> With his finger sticking out. Yeah. Uh-huh. We got to want to give a thank you to Noah Geist um, at Owl Dude on Twitter for our intro song and Stellar Ghost at Twitter, aka Summer Geist for our pod art. I could do a second take, but why would I? <laughs> uh, if you would like to join our Discord, I will say again, we have a fun time on there. We've posted a lot of pictures of Balto and um, that's the link in our description. And, um, I'm Val Flight Cub. You can find me on Twitter at Flight Cub B. The second B stands for Balto peed in the bedroom in the middle of this recording. Oh my goodness, he did. What's wrong with him? <laughs> we didn't take him out. It's our fault. <sighs> We're sorry, Balto. And I'm Alec. You can find me playing Pokemon Snap for the next three weeks. Yeah. Straight. <laughs> no breaks. Nope. I've been playing this whole time. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. As always, this marble will keep on rolling. Gift boy. <laughs> That's you. It's me. <laughs> Goodbye. She's watching the detectives. Ooh, he's so cute. She's watching the detectives. Wait.